Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, right, greetings and welcome in on a, what is it, Thursday morning? I'm confused because we only did like a third of a show yesterday, so... Uh, sorry about that, first and foremost. You guys would not believe it was crazy. It was crazy, but there was an explosion uh, on top of a power line right by our studios yesterday that Mark Vale actually heard. It was early enough that he was there. He gets here earlier than anyone else, and so he actually heard it. Uh, and he said he thought it was uh, like a, a dump trunk tr- truck dropping one of those dumpsters like they do. Um uh, but Mark, it turns out it was just a uh, it was just a power line thing blowing up, basically. Yeah, and it actually may be that somebody hit that pole. We found out yesterday. Oh, really? That might have been. Could it. be. There's a big dent in the pole. It wasn't me. It was about, before I got here. <laughs> uh, it was way up in the air, like six and a half, seven feet up. Really? So a big vehicle. Hmm. Like, like yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say a vehicle six, seven feet in the air. How would that even happen? Did they build a ramp? Well, first? no. I mean, it looked like it could have been, you know, a uh, trash truck uh, or oh. some, some type of a, a oh. vehicle of that that may have swung a little too close. Okay. Well. I'll show you the dent when you get a minute. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, it's just speculation because we don't really know. Wild that. speculation. But. <laughs> But nonetheless, well, whatever it was, it did some damage because we went out there. Yeah. You had the entire, uh, like, morning show staff here of all of the stations outside watching LES do their work yesterday. It was it was pretty funny. Um, they got it done, but we did not, unfortunately, uh, have uh, all of our systems back in time. with it. They actually restored power fairly quickly. Um uh, and then you know, and then we had some generator issues, and we and, didn't have a lot of our stuff actually fixed until about eight o'clock last night. Well, there you go. I, I was back here late into the evening. Yeah. We did not have a drive time Lincoln show either. Yeah, there you go. We did not have sports nightly. There you go. So we should uh, be good to go. Today. We are back. <laughs> we are back now after uh, after the issues yesterday. So we do apologize for all of that uh but back on the air now and glad to be here and uh here on a thursday morning ready to go got a good show for you today a couple more fantasy huskers keywords plus speaking of giving things away i'm i'm uh i'm giving away tickets to the uh, day matthews band concert that i'm going to on mm. saturday night um so that's that's kind of excited so if you're like me and excited about that concert but don't have tickets yet and you would like them listen at 710 we are going to play what is lnk today with jack and friends thinking of I, I feel, can I tell people what we're, I don't feel like people can like prep that far ahead for this if I tell people what it is. Is that fair, Caleb? Like if I, I say the category this time around? No, I feel like, like it's people, not one of those where it's a top 50 list and they're going to look it up or something like this. I feel like people can prep this enough. You feel, oh, you feel like they can? Yeah. Okay, then I'm not going to say it. Yeah. I was very proud of something about it, but you'll have to listen to 710 to hear what it is then, per Caleb, uh, assistant program director's command over me. Once again, <laughs> what uh, what a rank. workplace environment. <laughs> Just absolutely 
just absolutely shouting me down once again. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got that. We got uh, Robin and Dave, Girl Lincoln team. We got Greg Sharp getting ready for Nebraska, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, what's your mood going to be on Saturday? <laughs> I'll be, I mean, I'm looking forward to the concert. <laughs> You're just going to be resigned uh, to what's happening. I might go somewhere in Omaha and get ready for the concert and maybe just have that on in the background. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we've got coming up on the uh, on the show today um well mark so there are still votes left to be counted in lancaster county don't mark down all of your winners in sharpie yet especially for some of these county races apparently yeah uh you know dry race uh, dry erase board the most uh you know the neatest thing that's ever been invented i mean it's just remarkable seven thousand three hundred fifty ballots seven thousand three hundred fifty ballots evidently um 3500 early votes 2000 resolution ballots and 1850 provisional ballots i don't know exactly what those last two are the resolution ballots are ones that could not be read by the readers they may have had a, a mark uh, oh or, didn't fill in the entire circle uh, right so wrote or, in the or, do not write in this space area or the machine you know may have grabbed it the wrong way and and damaged the ballot a little bit so they have to do those manually. i get so worried i'm not going to fill in the circle adequately like i'm just hammering that thing yeah and like i'm afraid i'm going to tear the paper then and then that's going to invalidate my vote like who knows my ballot might be in there could be in the resolution one because I was so nervous about properly filling out the circle. Who am I gonna? Am I gonna be the one who sways this election one way or the other with my final vote? We'll see. No, but <laughs> sorry. Well, I don't live in District Twenty Six, and that's the closest one. That's the one. Although it won't be all all of those ballots won't be from that area, but that's the legislative race. Uh, George Dungan and and uh, Russ Barger. Or, nor do I live in District 46, which is the Daniel Conrad, James Michael Bowers race. That's 144 votes. Man, these legislative races, getting out there and voting really matters, doesn't it? Adam Moorfield put an email out yesterday saying that uh, they were were still within that margin, but it would have to be a majority, um, almost all of the provisional, et cetera, et cetera, ballots. So he's down 2,000, right? Right, but there's almost, what, 3,000? About 3,000 ballots still to be counted. Three. Th- well, didn't we just say, if we, you counted all of them, isn't it 7,000 Yeah, we had, whatever? When, when it all added up. Okay. Uh, 7,350. But you'd have to have a 2,000 margin, 2,000 vote margin in those. So that would be, you know, 5,000 to 3,000. I mean, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 40 or 4,800 to 2,800 or something. I don't know. I can't do that math that fast, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and then what, like the county county assessors and county clerks races are both, that's about 1,200 votes on both of those, too. Yep. So, I mean, it. you're saying there's a chance, yep. at least for, for the, you know, for the that's, Rob Ogdens of the world, and I believe the Chris Beckenbachs of the world who are slightly behind in their, in their races right now, in addition to what you said, county attorney with uh, Condon and Moorfeld and those legislative districts as well. Uh, but it sounds like it might not, is it, do we think we're going to know this by the end of the day today? Um, maybe end of, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, they hope to have a part of them done by the end of the day yesterday, but I, I believe those were the, the smaller batch. The, so they got to go through by hand on those resolution ballots. That's my understanding. On those. Um, and then uh, the provisional ballots are uh, evidently, I, I said, I didn't know, but they're ones who have, uh, if they've gone to another, um, Precinct. they've moved 
but they haven't updated their address by the deadline. So then they go in and the address isn't on the list of where they're voting, basically, as I understand it. Um, Or people who asked for an early pallet, but then voted at the polls because they never filled their early ballot out. So there's no reason necessarily to believe that some of them might not be eligible, but there's no reason necessarily to believe like all of that when they say provisional. No, no. Um, that just means they have to be double checked. And then uh, and then I wonder if you end up in re- with recounts, if some of these are so close that you end up with recounts that are triggered on these two uh, that happen beyond that. So nonetheless, they should be able to knock this out uh, by the end of the day today, uh, I, I would think. Um, and I believe that's kind of what the uh, the election commissioner's office has, has said as well. I mean, listen, this isn't this isn't Nevada and Arizona here. Okay. I'm not. This is not me trying to feed into some sort of like, uh, uh, like conspiracy theory about. But like, what are they doing there? Like, as far as I know, states that like California, uh, and and Texas, and very large population states, Florida, much bigger than those states, are able to get this thing done. Yet, I mean, you, the, they talk about the methods that they're using, and it just sounds excruciatingly, excruciating, excruciatingly inefficient. The way that they're they're doing this in these two states. Yeah, um, I couldn't have said it better. And and it sounds, I mean, it feels like on the Arizona ones, you might not know for another week or so, right? Uh, at least of like a, a huge Senate race. And a, a governor's race that's really close there as well. So everybody's waiting on Arizona and Nevada to figure out if Georgia matters, right? <laughs> Which, if if Which, it goes if it goes one to one in those races, Georgia is going to matter, right? Am I right? Is that right? Yeah. If it goes one to one in those races, Georgia is going to matter. If it goes two zero either direction, Georgia will not matter for the purposes of who has the majority. Right. And 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 frankly, another month of that Georgia uh, election being like front and center in American news, I I could pass on probably. So so anyway, I guess if it's 2-0, even in a way that we don't like, that's a silver lining of it. And, you know, there probably won't be much counting done tomorrow. It is a federal holiday. Tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Veterans Day. Oh, it's Veterans Day, of course. Yes, it is Veterans Day. I so should, uh, so uh, I don't know whether that affects... That. Uh, that's right, we got the parade coming up in Lincoln this weekend. Yep. Now, um, speaking of being outside, it's something like a parade. The cold front's coming in as we speak, Mark. Yes. We are going to see a precipitate. We are at 66 right now. I think we were at 68 when I got here. We were. By the time this show ends, we might barely be over 40, um, given how quickly this front is going to move in here today. So The front, according to Weather Underground's uh, wonder map, I guess they call it, the front right now is between uh, Aurora and Grand Island. Oh, okay. Uh, it's 35 degrees in Grand Island. <laughs> yeah, that's coming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're going out, if you're looking for like a chance to walk the dog, go out for your morning jog, that sort of thing, you got something you need to do outside really quick, I'd say get run it done. Run by the bog. I'd get it, run by the bog. Feed the <laughs> Stay hog. Stay by the bay. I just may. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hogs, do it now do it now do it now do not delay well i'll tell you guys i think the front has actually moved through at the airport because the airport winds in the last 15 minutes 
are now out of the northwest at 24, gusting to 32, and it's down to 58 at okay. the airport. East Lincoln, you still have a chance. Yeah. East, East get Lincoln, outside while you get can. outside. I repeat, get outside. Get that dog on the leash. Get that dog walked now. You've got, I don't know, we can't project in a time. You may have 10 minutes at the most. On the Rickside Recognition text line, Mike says it's 43 in Malcolm. Oh, see, there you go. Yep. Like 63 I said, three in Cheney. We said it just dropped another degree here. This is not a drill. Temperature watch. This is it for nice weather in 2022. Get outside. Soak in the next few minutes. And the further east, the better. Waverly, get out there. Get out there, Waverly. Waverly. <laughs> Bring your kids and teach them some volleyball outside. This is the last chance you got. Fill up all of your water bottles before it freezes. Do it, Waverly. Speaking Eagle. Of, speaking Eagle, of, get out there. Now, <laughs> now I know why those guys were working so fast on that power pole, considering exactly. the winds and all of that. Exactly. Wow. Everyone in Walton, let's meet up in the town square right now. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and savor. These minutes. Um, and then we got a little road closure action to talk about here. 27th uh, Street. Yep. Oh, that doesn't sound like that would be a problem. Uh, North 27th. <laughs> Nobody drives Oh, even less that. of a problem. <laughs> uh, water main break. Uh, yeah. Nobody drives that. What's that street? I've barely heard of it. It's between uh, Fairfield and Old Dairy. Old Dairy. Ah, yes. I remember the days of the Dairy. It's northbound, so you're going to want to, you know, head up Cornhusker to probably 48th or go north to Superior. Going up to pick up some milk and eggs at the old dairy. We're out of control today. <laughs> yeah, you're probably screwing on 27th Street already, cold front wise, though. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> can you imagine having to work? Repairing a water main and that kind of those kind of yeah. conditions. You got forty five seconds to finish it right now. Yeah. LPD pretty did pretty good last night. How did, what did they do? Good. Well, uh, do? there was a convicted murderer that walked away from his job. Uh, Community Correction Center Lincoln yesterday afternoon removed his electronic monitoring device, uh, but LPD uh, picked him up after a traffic accident in South Lincoln about nine ten last night. Just. He, the, the, he just happened to get into a traffic accident? Yep. Drove into the back of a tractor trailer. My goodness. All right. Well, uh, good job there by LPD getting that done. Um, yeah. Oh, and we could we could get some rain, too, today. Mark, I should also add on to that. Sounds like possible throughout the course of the morning. So We'll take it. I don't know. I, was supposed to, I got, I got uh, Reggie the dog. Uh, I, I brought him to the full, uh, full-size dog dog park for the first time yesterday. Really? Um, yeah, we we've been going to the like little the little puppies dog park, uh, but yesterday there was a dog who brought a ball in there, and Reggie kept stealing it from him, and I could tell the owner might be have had enough of my dog stealing his dog's ball. It's like going to a preschool there, but just watching your kids, and you don't know how sensitive the other dog owners are going to be about the way that your dog plays with them. There is a real, I am learning a real societal structure I didn't even know existed with dog park uh, attendees. So we went over to the big one, walked around out there. He's scared of crossing the bridge for some reason, but I don't know if we're going to get that done today if it's this cold. He's going to have to get some energy. I don't know what I'm going to do all winter with him now that I mention it. What do you do with dogs in the winter, Caleb? 
we have a husky? Oh, God. They're like <laughs> literally. Well, I think my dogs. Do, do you have any idea this fall as soon as it was? I'm not, not worried about the dog. I'm worried about us. Oh. Bundle up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, my dog's got tons of hair. He'll probably love winter outside. Yeah. I was like, he's, do, he's, do you have any idea with a husky and it got to the fall as soon as it wasn't 90 degrees out, getting him yeah. to come inside ever? Oh, my, my dog's probably, he. I, I don't. he's not quite built for winter like that, but I have. A, he hated summer, and and I don't think he gets cold real easily. So, no. And what we also did was we put some, some blankets down on the, uh, basically made this little nook area on our porch. So he'll go and lay out in the, the yard and everything, but he's like, I don't really want to go inside, but I don't want to be in the yard, so... I'm just going to go curl up on the porch here. The walks are going to suck. It's not great. Oh, God. What have we done? What were we thinking? Not fantastic. I oh. forgot. I forgot about winter. Here, Here's the thing. Winter is not your enemy. The spring when all that snow melts is Oh, your and all the mud and rain and uh, the backyard. And whatever you didn't pick up oh, over the winter. This is going to be the worst. The other thing you have to be careful of in the wintertime is after they put down brine or, or salt. Oh, they that, can't you know, eat gets, that or they'll die. Well, no, I don't, uh. think, I don't think they'll die, but they'll, you know, it'll rough up their feet and oh, want to clean them off. So and, much work. What have I done? Yeah, whatever salt you use for your own sidewalk, you can get some oh, yeah, I can't, stuff. Oh, yeah, I got to spend extra money and get, oh, God, I didn't, every day I think of a new inconvenience. Anyway. Uh, Nebraska basketball plays tonight. Yes, they do. Taking on Omaha. I don't know. Nebraska's a pretty big favorite. I think that might be a good game, though. I think that might be an entertaining game. Plus, you got some uh, former Nebraska high school stars on that Omaha team. Like seeing that. They got a brand new coach. I'm excited. I'm going to be out there tonight at PBA. Looking forward to it. And Caleb's going to give us a little bit of a preview on that and tell us what. Oh, by the way, I I'll did... tell you what time it is. What time I, it I, is. I did learn one election uh, tidbit yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was doing that? some research on early elections in Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, back uh, when they used to have primary uh, road horses, yeah. uh, some of the uh, cowboys would put a lantern on their saddle so that they could see the trail to get into town and vote. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was the first confirmed case of satellite navigation. Oh, that's a two out of ten. <laughs> Six twenty-seven. Let's take a you, break. You completely missed the remarkable one earlier. So, oh, that's fine. LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. But first. Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. 637 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. Holy cow. We dropped four degrees since I was last with you. It's here, guys. I hope you... East Lincoln, get it. Finish it up. Finish it up. Make the home stretch with the dog walk. Central Lincoln is already in the grip of the uh, of the cold front. It's it's still not too late for you to get back inside before it comes and finish the dog walk. Don't say we didn't warn you, okay? Because we did, we did. Ashland, if you're listening in Ashland, you still have time, but not a lot, okay? Did they open up the Denton Daily Double early? Yeah, if you're uh, <laughs> if you're camping at Lenoma Beach, number one, you're weird. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> more free time than a lot of us. But number two, get that final swim in right now. Get are, it in. What are the updates from Eagle? <laughs> right. They're... Uh, all right, let's do. Oh no, we got to do. Uh, sorry, fantasy Oscars first. Got to do award. Got to do award first time recognition text on. Is award. it? Is this the one we're doubling up? By the way. Oh, because we missed. Uh, yeah, we'll pick two. Yeah, we'll pick, we'll pick two, two from this from one. Because we missed only one yesterday. Yeah. Michigan. Michigan. M i c h i g a n. Incorrect. M i c h i. No, no, you got it right. Oh, okay. I just wanted. I just wanted to cause minor panic. <laughs> Michigan, as uh, Michigan. some would say. All right, so there you go. Michigan is the word. Uh, text that in. You can make your pick about how many points uh, Nebraska holds the Mich- Michigan Wolverines to. What you? It doesn't. That's not the way I'm. Caleb, I'm it. just telling you, it doesn't work. The the glass half full doesn't work if you chuckle every time I say it. <laughs> Because you put so much emphasis on whole what Nebraska. I mean, if the, the what kind of a just just complete what kind of a to the extent Michigan is able to break the the force in the impenetrable wall impenetrable wall of the Nebraska defense. Just how much will the exception? What happen? the black shirts allow Michigan what the black to score shirts this allow, What they decide <laughs> that they're going to allow them to score. See, again, there you go. Who says? Who says, even though at the beginning of the show I said I don't know if I want to watch the game, who says we're not keeping it positive here All right. on LNK Today with Jack and Friends? Not a preview of where we'll get to our picks tomorrow on the Friday Husker tailgate, but my line of thinking is a Mean Girls quote, the limit does not exist. There is not a number too high for Michigan football on Saturday. Okay. Devil's advocate here, though. Michigan's got a lot on their minds, okay? They got a lot of, they got to make sure and stay. They're watching those playoff rankings come out every night. Okay. They got some big, they're not overlooking. They got, listen, they got some big games coming up. They, you, the, the Ohio State one looms large. I think they might have, uh, what, Illinois the week after? Illinois and all of their physicality that they've got. All right, but we Coming saw up. last week all it took was a all you just, have to be is a semi competent offense to be Illinois. You just uh, Michigan thinks this is I mean this is the biggest anybody's been a favorite over Nebraska and f- forever. Just as um, long as nobody gets in a fight in that tunnel, okay? Yeah, be careful in the tunnel, guys. <laughs> be careful in the tunnel. All right. Hey, what should we do? Well, we talked about uh Lancaster County still having some ballots to count. Um and then we talked about uh, the rest of the country also having that same situation. So we still, here we are now, two days after Election Day in the United States. We do not know who has control of the House or the Senate. And we're getting closer. Like, the numbers are narrowing. Will we end know at the end of the day today? Maybe not. Definitely, probably not for both of them. Maybe we'll know the House, but let's get an update on what's going on exactly here. Republicans are inching closer to securing 218 seats and then flipping the lower chamber. Right now, the GOP total tallying 207, Democrats 184. As it stands in the Senate, the GOP has 49 seats, 51 are needed for the majority. This as key races in Nevada and Arizona are still just too close to call. In Nevada's Senate race, Republican Adam Laxalt is still leading over Democrat Catherine Cortez Amasto. Now in Arizona, Republican Blake Masters is still trailing behind Democrat Mark Kelly by 5%. All right, so if those stay the same, which they may not, 
But if those stay the same, Republican wins Nevada, the Democrat wins Arizona in the Senate, that means it all comes down to the one final state, which is Georgia, and which is not voting for three and a half weeks. <laughs> and then, keep in mind, don't forget, then they have to count those votes. And whatever goes along with that. Can we stop leaving everything up to Georgia? Jeez. Oh, Let's see if we can get a little bit of an explanation on what is really going on, because I understand it if you're saying what Nevada and Arizona, what would you say the problem is that you can't do what every other state does, which is get your votes counted in, you know, a day, maybe a couple of days on this whole thing. First, let's see what's happening in Nevada. The Clark County Registrar of Voters, Joe Gloria, says they're accepting mail-in ballots through Saturday and people can cure their ballots or fix errors relating to signature matches through Monday. On the website, which is available to the general public, we've got 9,579 people who have been entered into the cure process. Of those, 5,396 have not yet cured their ballot. Gloria says they will canvass the vote next Friday, and until then, they'll verify provisional ballots, which Gloria says will be loaded into their system next Wednesday. He promised to hold a press conference every day until the process is over, as he did in 2020. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. So it sounds like that's kind of what they're doing here, but it sounds like they've got more to count than just those... You know, getting those 5,000 cured ballots or a handful of, of uh, provisional ballots as well. Because if, if it wasn't that much, I mean, if it was that low, you'd kind of have an idea of, mm-hmm. of what it wouldn't. The people who are ahead would, would have a good chance of, of staying ahead. And then uh, what, the, what the heck is going on in Arizona? It's still unclear whether Democratic incumbent Senator Mark Kelly will keep his seat against GOP challenger and venture capitalist Blake Masters as elections officials in Arizona process ballots. In Maricopa County, the state's largest with a population of about 4.5 million, elections officials say about 17,000 ballots had to go through a quality assurance check after being affected by a printing issue preventing vote tabulation machines from reading some of the ballots. Officials apologizing but say no one was turned away and anticipate between 95 and 99 percent of the votes in the county will be reported by Friday. The top issues in this race, border security, inflation, and abortion. In Tucson, Kristen Goodwin, Fox okay, News. You don't need to tell us what the top issues are. We just want to know when you're done counting the just votes. stop counting. Well, that, is, that is very cumulative right now on what's happening. <laughs> uh, as it stands at the moment, uh, 84% of the vote in in Nevada. So, by the way, yeah, that's not that's not just 5,000 ballots that need to be cured and a handful of provisional ballots. That's a decent amount. You know, when they, they've got a million votes coming in on this whole thing, so that's over 100,000 votes. Um, right now, uh, Laxalt, that's the Republican, has a 15,000-vote lead, um, as that stands right now. And then and then in Arizona, in Arizona, 76% of the vote is in right now. Guys, three-quarters. Of it has been counted. That's a so lot far. not counted. Uh, yeah. And uh, Kelly, the Democrat in that one, he's almost got a 100,000 vote lead there. Um, 95,000 votes ahead of uh, Masters right now. Actually, the more, I don't know, more interesting is the word, but the, the governor's race there is is uh, an interesting one, too. Um, that one is a uh, 13,000. Now, it's about 2 million people voting in that one. It's about twice as many people voting in Arizona as it is Nevada. Um, and that's about a 13,000 lead for the Democrat Hobbs over Kerry Lake. So, 
Anyway, that is the update there if you're interested in following that very, uh, very closely. Uh, bottom line is either side has a few defectors on any vote uh, in either of these in either of these houses. It's going to it's going to be pretty significant um, in in terms of being able to completely derail getting that majority if it's if it's short. Now, I think it's I think the question is probably how many how much of a uh, lead do Republicans have in the House? Not if they're going to have it, but um, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven eight in that range, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so you got, if you got a few people, the bi- the biggest thing is less, I think about legislation on this and, you know, having the votes for legislation. I think it's, it's more about committee chairs, subpoena power, especially in the house investigations that come out of that, if the house has it. And then on the Senate side, it's got to do if you i mean if both houses are republican one of the biggest thing is the the parties in it, that's in control of the senate um will be able to kind of determine what gets to the floor and what doesn't doesn't and those sorts of things so if the house is sending things over that 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 might get to the floor of the senate that wouldn't have otherwise now keep in mind you still have a president that has to sign it but you might have a whole lot of different types of bills that are getting to the floor and then the other thing is approval of of judges is the other big thing in the senate um were republicans to get it there's not going to be a whole lot of of that being done if democrats hold it um you, you you probably will still get some of those as well so anyway there you go. That's what's happening on right now. What else shall we do? Oh, how about let's see what's going on with Twitter. Man, did I oh, not to pat myself on the back, Kayla, but man, were my fears realized here with Twitter. Everybody was was freaking out about content moderation and and all of and free speech or lack of free speech, and I continued to say, "Okay, you know, regardless of that issue, and I have I have some thoughts on that issue, but I was more concerned about the user experience just being ruined in other ways on Twitter. And so far, so, so far, you, you, like completely regardless of what the decisions are on content moderation and free speech, Elon is doing some unbelievably weird slash dumb things. Well, he with even the said site they're going to do some that. dumb things in the next. Well, couple they're months. doing tons of it. The latest. I mean, right now they've used the same symbol. I have no idea why you would do this. Using the same symbol for if someone's a verified account, meaning a celebrity or a political figure, just to show that that's actually them and not somebody impersonating them. As well as their membership. As well as their, basically their Twitter, it's called Twitter Blue. Yeah. And they use the same symbol, which makes, like, how is any, how does that get out of a meeting for that even to happen? Create a different symbol. Create a different color. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you use the same symbol for to to convey two completely different things? Makes no sense. And now uh, people are uh, people are a little bit uh, concerned because uh, you can uh, they're looking to get people's bank accounts as well on here. Twitter last week filing registration paperwork with the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network to pave the way for it to process payments. Businesses that conduct any kind of currency exchange are required to register with FinCEN and report any suspicious transactions. It's the latest revenue channel being pursued by new Twitter CEO Elon Musk. This would also be full circle for him. Musk helped found X.com back in 1999, an online bank that later became the digital payments company PayPal, Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Like, and maybe I will eat my words on this, Caleb, but it honestly makes you wonder 
how he has been so successful the way that he is doing what he's doing at Twitter right now. Right. And again, this is not political whatsoever. This is 100% about user experience of a website and understanding that the the product on the website, on, on Twitter, is the user. Mm-hmm. And you sell the user's content to advertisers. It's not... It's not that the user is paying is is paying a subscription because that that revenue stream doesn't make sense with Twitter and they're going to run into big problems. Well, and one of the other things that Elon said that they are considering doing is boosting within the algorithm someone who is a paying member, which is which is for their for their content to show up more, whereas somebody who's not paying me. Which so th- someone like my stuff to not show up as much for other people. This whole idea of like that he came in with the level playing field for all points of view and everything. Well, it's not it. It's uh, all points of view, but especially if you're paying, then I mean, then I mean, it seems sort of antithetical to the mm-hmm. whole the whole idealism that he came in here with. Uh, this is interesting uh, for uh, for people who um, struggle with. Uh, you know, depression, anxiety, those sorts of things, and perhaps are on on uh, meds for those. A new study was done comparing the efficacy of of uh, one med in particular for those things versus this concept of of mindfulness and which works better. Researchers say it's the first time these two treatments have gone head-to-head. About 200 adults completing a six-month study at medical centers in Washington, Boston, and New York. They were randomly assigned to either use a generic version of the drug Lexapro or take part in a widely used mindfulness program. That's a form of meditation focusing only on what's happening in the moment. After two months, anxiety declined by about 30% in both groups, measured on a severity scale. But the mindfulness program used was time-consuming two and a half hours of weekly classes plus 45 minutes of daily practice at home it did not include an online or app option the study is published in the journal JAMA Psychiatry Lisa Brady Fox News I gotta give me some of this mindfulness yeah but it sounds quicker with the pill (laughs) Uh, yeah I know you're right you're right it's a busy time it's a busy time I mean, I'd love to do it without without any any of the drugs. You see I mean, these apps and stuff for it. Like, I know there are some people who swear by it. Yeah, I have not, you know, been involved in it enough to really explain exactly how it works or if it works. But sounds sounds nice. Yeah, to only be worrying about what's in the current life and not the hours ahead and the days ahead and the. The next week, and all the if millions I'm gonna able, of things. Going to be able to walk my dog when it gets cold outside, and and uh, how you know how long is it going to take for me to lose weight? By the and, way, it's uh, out of fifty-seven all... outside. Jeez, that's jeez. <laughs> that's focusing on the current, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, all right, one last one. One last one. Got another reboot. 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 Dude, we need a reboot ring. A reboot oh, bell. Reboot. <laughs> Or you making a radio sweeper sound. That's fine, too. Uh, well, I mean, this one's already been rebooted a, a fair number of times, but it's going from the big screen to the small screen. Ladies a reboot? And ge- yeah, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for more Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is coming to Disney Plus as a series. The company has been looking to team with Lucasfilm to develop a streaming show set in the world of the globe-traveling archaeologist variety reporting the streaming service 
is currently exploring a number of options to keep the franchise going. However, the move to develop this comes as Harrison Ford has hung up his fedora. He stated that he's done playing the character after the fifth film, which is due out next year. Indiana Jones is one of the most iconic pop culture characters of all time. Ford has played him in four blockbuster films to date. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Michelle Polino, Fox News. But Indiana Jones 5 is coming out in 2023. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's got of course a, I've heard of that. It's either. also got uh, It's also got uh, Shia, LaBeouf in, Shia LaBeouf in it. It's got Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Say LaBeouf. 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 LaBeouf, whatever. Uh, I, I thought you were doing a bit for a second. Then the, and, and this is uh, quoting an SNL sketch. The Antonio say, Antonio, how you say? Ah, yes. Banderas. Uh, and then uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Bridge? Bridges? Whatever. That's who's in it. All right. I should probably am not going to get hired by entertainment tonight anytime soon. No. You don't have to worry about me. You're very bad with words. Kevin Frazier and Mary Hart's job. Are they still there? Uh, anyway. 62 degrees in the cap. Well, 50. You said 57. Yeah, 57 degrees in the capital city. It's getting colder fast. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. Well, unless you're in the uh, eastern part of our listening area, you probably miss your window for walking your dog uh, in the uh, nice part weather of the day. But nonetheless, maybe you don't have a dog to walk, and we're here to help you with that, too. Capital Humane Society's Matt Medchar joins us right now. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, let's talk about the pets that you've got up for adoption. Tell us about uh, this week's options. Yeah, so first off, we have Chaz Michael Michaels, and he's an approximately one-year-old lab mix, neutered male. He's brown and tan in color, a little white on his chest, but he's a big boy. He's about 76 pounds, and he came to us as a lost dog, and unfortunately, nobody came to claim him, but he is very well-mannered on a leash, so if you're looking for a dog that you can go out for walks with, uh, he would do really well, and also does really well with other canine companions, and if you have a dog that needs a friend, he would probably uh, make a great addition to your family. All right, very good. What else do we have? Then we have Kitty Minaj, and she's <laughs> an approximately four-month-old domestic medium hair. Spade female, she's a tortie, so she's that kind of black with specks of orange mixed in. And she also came in lost and was not clean, but she's a very playful kitten, so make sure you have plenty of toys and also... Uh, Keep a free hand to do uh, plenty of uh, ear scratches because she's a big fan of those as well. Uh, can you really get that uh, cat without also getting one called Doja Cat? I mean, you'd be hard. You'd have to yep, figure yep, it out. There you go. All <laughs> right. Uh, best way to adopt right now? Tell us how to do it. Yeah, so come on out to the Pylock Pet Adoption Center. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. We're located out at 70th and Highway 2. So uh, come on out and see if there's a good fit for you. Thank you very much, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. You too. It's 7 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln. From the Momo Pack of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 3, KLIN. All right, here we go. Which famous David are we thinking of? Which famous David are we thinking of? I don't know. I don't think I went hard enough on this one, but we will see. Uh, we'll take your calls throughout. So if somebody drops off, you can jump in by calling 402-479-1400. And you try and think of the famous Dave. Again, 
This is not an advertisement for the barbecue place. This is actually someone famous named Dave or David. You're going to get two tickets to the Dave Matthews Band concert Saturday night, CHI Health Center in Omaha. I'll be there. I don't know if that influences what you're thinking on this, but I will be there. Uh, So let's play the game. Let's narrow it down. Let's see if you can figure out who we are thinking of. Mike is going to take first crack at this. Uh, Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How about you? I'm good. All right. You get the first yes-no question. What is your uh, yes-no question? Is this person a comedian? (laughs) Gosh. Yes. Well, only comedian I can really think. I'm going to say, I think his name was David Steinberg. Is it David Steinberg? (laughs) No. Oh, is is that your question? Is it a comedian? And the answer is yes. Matt's next. Hi, Matt. Uh, Is uh, someone famous, famous Dave or David? uh, Is it the answer to, is it a comedian? Is yes. What's your yes, no question. Was he a cast member on SCTV? Was he a cast member on SCTV? I don't believe he was. No. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this poke anyway. Okay. Uh, Dave Thomas. Is it Dave Thomas? No. Good question or good. Uh, good. Uh, we'll be playing a little bit of a uh, Dave Thomas here as we get closer to Christmas. The McKenzie brothers, of course. That is not who we were looking for. I did not think we were going to get to three calls after that. So let's go back to uh, to the phones, see if line one wants to take try at it. This isn't going to last long. All right, good morning. Who am I talking to right now? Giannis. I go by JT. All right, JT, how are you doing? Good. All right, what's your yes, no question? Uh, is it Dave Chappelle? Is it Dave Chappelle? No. But oh, my you, God. But you used your guess, so you can still guess again. I, uh, you get... You get two yes no questions, so I guess if you have another guess. Uh I don't know any other Dave comedians. Okay. Kind of yeah, right. I'm gonna I am done. Alright, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was done. I thought it was done on caller one. I really did. It can, I cannot go more than one call one two callers at the most. Um can you tell me, Caleb, which which line to take because I want to go in the right order. All right. And what's that say? KLIN, what's your first name? <laughs> Nita. All right. Nita. All right. Uh, what is, uh, what's your yes, no question? Is it David Letterman? <laughs> is it David Letterman? No, it's not David Letterman. That's my question. Okay. You get another question then. Is it Dave Coulier? Is it Dave Coulier? No, it's not Dave Coulier. I didn't realize how many Daves there were. I thought there was. I thought this is unbelievable. People have rattled off like seven comedians, and I thought. I honestly thought we might be done, and no one has used a question. No one has used a question. This is unbelievable. The way that this thing has gone, you are hearing Ticket Thursday history right now. This is not how it normally goes. And you guys are all going to kick yourself. I will also say this. A lot of people are playing the game very poorly right now by just (laughs) using two guesses. But 
they're they're trying not to help the people behind them too much, but you can help yourself you with a question too. If you don't have though, a too. catalog of who you're thinking of, I agree. I agree. They're going with just one giant category instead of helping themselves. All right, is the second line next? Yes. All right, that's Josh. He goes next. Good morning, Josh. Uh, morning. All right, uh, you uh, you get two yes no questions. You can use it for both guests, or you can narrow it down. Um, the first ones haven't been a whole lot of help, but uh. I'm running out of days. Let's go. Is he more of a stand-up comedian than an actor? Uh, put it in a yes/no question for me. That was I thought. That, that was uh, he said. Is oh, he is, more, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Is he more of a stand-up <sighs> comedian than an actor? God, that's there's a lot of subjectivity in that one. Um, uh, I, 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 is he an East Coast comedian? Is he an East Coast comedian? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> He's done come. He has done comedy on the East Coast. Yes. Is it Dave Attell? Is it Dave Attell? No. <laughs> the up all night guy. Oh my gosh! I forgot about Dave Attell. <laughs> we have got to do. We did. We just uncover the, something that we didn't realize in America that we've got too many comedians named Dave. What would have happened? What honestly? What would have happened if Mike's first question would not have been, "Is this a comedian?" Like the the, the narrowing down of this would have been taken ages at this point. All right, uh, caller uh, line one is next. We're playing for Dave Matthews Man tickets. By the way, we're playing Famous Dave's, not the restaurant. The concept. Uh, and Tim is uh, next on this. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. Good. What's your yes/no question? Is it David Spade? Is it David Spade? Yes, it's David Spade. It's David Spade. Started as a stand-up comedian, went on to Saturday Night Live, starred in movies. I believe he has done comedy on the East Coast. <laughs> that was why that question was so hard. Is he? You know, I, I suppose you would probably say he's more famous for movie, but he still. I mean, his stand-up is is really what he's done the most. So. Uh, yeah, it, what, whatever, Tim. You don't need me to go on and on about this whole thing. You just want tickets. Congratulations. All right. Thank you. All right. Hang on the line. And uh, Tim's going to join me in Omaha to see Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> okay. L- let's go through the Daves. We got the first call asked if it was a comedian and i was like oh we're done because i happened to pick a comedian i could have picked an actor a singer a politician uh uh sports star all of these things and he went comedian and right away i was like oh my gosh this thing is going to be done immediately and then after that we had guesses and it was david spade so in my mind he's going to say david spade immediately but i had not done the calculus of the fact that Dave Chappelle, Dave Letterman, Dave Attell, Dave uh, Coulier, cut it out. Uh, what was in, Were there other ones that were guessed on there, too? I'm trying to remember if there were other ones that I've forgotten already. I thought maybe somebody might guess, like, like David Cross. Um, that was amazing. I just, uh, I'm that still frustrated amazing. that you could have gone through and helped yourself with a question Instead of you're still helping everyone behind you by crossing off two comedians. If you think, if you think you know, if you think you know it, you want to get right to it. I get what's. I guess the strategy there is if you have one person in mind, ask a question that would that might 
give you a little bit more idea, like do an alphabet thing maybe? I think we need to change the rules. How's that? That you have to ask a yes-no question, and then you have to guess. You get one of each. The the other way that I think you could improve the game is, and, and I think we've done this before, but I'd like to try it. I think we should get two prizes. Okay, follow me on this. The person who asked the best leading the, question. So you, the person who wins, who guesses it right, the person before them also wins. So like basically you're a, you're setting up, we could call it uh, the alley-oop version of what is LNK today with Jack and Friends thinking of? Because you got the first person throwing up the ball and you got the second one dunking it in. Let's uh let's see let's um see if we can get two of the same prize next time we play this game. I'm telling you you are creating absolute chaos on my end. And <laughs> all, listen, all people have to do is hang on the line after they ask the questions and fail and listen to the next person and then they're off. Mm-hmm. That's all. And then at the end, you just got to make sure you get both of them. It's not that hard. That, I think that's what we're going to do to try and improve the play. And we can also incorporate your rule then. It's got to be a question. It's got to be a question. But anyway, we have... Uh, <laughs> and like truth be told, a little peek behind the curtain here. I forgot to think of a famous Dave. Until uh, right before the segment. Until right before the segment. Because we were I had one in mind. Killed, that, who that are you? Who did you suggest? I vetoed right away. Who did you say? David Tennant. Yeah, David Tennant, which I I probably did that because I don't know much about him. I, and I wasn't going to be able to answer many actors. questions. Like, I don't even know what he's on. Well, who is that guy? Well, he's probably most famous for his portrayal as the doc- the Tenth Doctor in Doctor Who, but he also currently voices Scrooge McDuck in the updated DuckTales. <laughs> um, he's also he's been on several, several very, very well-known shows. See, I didn't want to go too off. Like, I didn't want to David Bowie might be too, like, Dave Grohl might be too Hasselhoff. obvious. Hasselhoff, I thought, would be too obvious. I thought about Duchovny for a little bit. Uh, you know, Letterman would have been, I think, pretty obvious. A few of them there. A few of them. Are there any pro athletes named Dave anymore? Where's that? Is that name? Are, are babies being named Dave anymore? Like uh, Shively, I could have went with Shively, <laughs> Mark Vale, but he's front of mind for a lot of people right now. Like, is anybody naming their baby David anymore? I, I, I this is my baby. Like, I can't even imagine him holding a little cooing baby with a diaper on and saying, "Hi, Dave." It just doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even sound right at all. Like what's a good and what's a good uh, famous sports person with that name, Dave? I'm trying to think just what pops in my head. Dave, David Robinson, maybe. David Robinson was the first one I thought of. Beckham, David Beckham, soccer. Americans don't like soccer. Um, Ortiz, David Ortiz. Is there not like a quarterback, a famous quarterback that was a Dave at any point for an NFL team? David, David, David Flutie? No, that's Doug. David Marino? That's Dan. <laughs> Dave. That's weird. Has there never been a good, a super good quarterback named Dave? David Blau, I see so, you so have. That's, a, that's the very first one. If, I, if you type quarterback David, that's the very first well, one. That he shows did well him. against Nebraska when he played for Purdue. I know that. 
All right. Um, Dave Remington. Dave Remington. Oh, yeah. The center for Nebraska. Yeah. You could have been one. You could have been one. Oh, Adam says he has a five-year-old named David. There you go. There you go. We could have. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad people are like, I'm worried all these names of kids. Uh, I went to uh, all the kids. I went to when I went to school, when I was in school, it was just a cacophony of Matt's, Brian's, Dave's, David's, Michael's, uh, Jeremy's. Dave Hoppin. Dave Hoppin. We could have gone Husker. Yeah, Husker. Good, David good Hum. David Hum. There's a quarterback. He probably is one of the better quarterbacks with that name. But like the yeah, are are people still naming uh, kids the names that I went to school with all 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 like my my peer friends' names? Brian's, Jeremy's, David's, Michael's, Matthews. Um, there were a lot of there were a lot of those in particular. John's. John's a good name. John's a very good name. There was David Carr. David Carr, that's a not super famous, but we're his, getting more his recent. brother ended up probably being more significant than he was after that was after that was all over. So you yeah, know, shout out if your name is Dave to you today. Shout out Sh- to the Dave. Shout out. I think in the future of this game, we, or the future of um, yeah, th- it could be part of the game. I think we need to have a shout out to a certain first name week <laughs> every week. Yeah, like it's uh, it's Carol week. On LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Shout out to everybody in this city named Carol. You're very special. And then we need to partner up with like a business. And if you show them your ID and your name is Carol, you get like 20% off. I like it. The popularity of David peaked hard in the 60s. Is it in the 60s that it peaked? 50s, 60s, starts to tail in the 70s. Just a drop off. It was starting to tail in in my general. I caught the tail end of the Daves and Davids. It is weird. It is weird just thinking of babies with certain names. Can you imagine a baby named Glenn? Sup, Glenn? He's two. You hundred percent call that kid Glenny, right? <laughs> I, I, see, I don't know. Like, what did you call babies who have like the the, the perception of a uh, uh, everybody who has that name now is a fifty or sixty year old person? What do you? How did you talk to them as? As oh, babies. This is our baby Ke- Eldon. <laughs> like, did, did they even have, like, nicknames where you put the Y on the end of it? This is our baby Eldon. We call him Sir. <laughs> All right, it's 726. You listen to... Go through the top names of 1950 and imagine them as babies. It's an amazing exercise. 726. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your drive. Presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's go ahead and get things started with number five. Well, we're looking back at Election Day, but some uh, ballots are still being counted. It began with absentee ballots uh, returned. Some late absentee ballots were counted yesterday. Now they're starting on the provisional and resolution uh, ballots. Uh, somewhere, around, you know, several thousand here in Lancaster County. Yeah, and it, it, when you've got a few races out there, whether they be uh, countywide races or portions of the county, depending on legislative district, where the margins are below that, in some cases well below that, you still don't know for sure who won the race. Now, hopefully we are going to know by the end of the day today when they go through, because they got to, the, the like you mentioned, Mark, 
You've got some early votes that are still yet to be counted. These resolution ballots are the ones where, for whatever reason, the machine couldn't read it. Um, if you weren't careful enough about completely blacking in the circle, or do they have a do not write in this space area? They always used to have that in uh, on the, like the Scantron test I took in school with the number two pencil, and I was always so afraid I would accidentally write in that space and ruin my entire career if I did that. I don't know that they have that on ballots. Uh, and then they got these provisional ballots, meaning if you moved and you went to uh, a polling place where, you know, like a normal, a, a, the new polling place or a polling place where your name wasn't on the list there, then you cast a provisional ballot and they make sure everything matches up with that. Also, so, if you requested an early ballot and yes. did not vote. So they would take you off the list if you requested an early right. ballot so your name wouldn't be there when you went there. So... Um, like you said, Mark, that's uh, 7,000 and change votes that still, most of those, um, will st- I guess there's a chance that some of those would not be eligible, they'd be ruled out, but could have in the neighborhood of 7,000 additional votes coming in. Now, why is that important? Well, because you've got a few races, a handful of races that are still very close. Now, the closest ones are in the legislative races. Um, the the race in District 46 that you've got with uh, Daniel Conrad and James Michael Bowers, that's 144 votes. Even closer, District 26, George Dungan leans Russ Barger by 61 votes. That's a big one in terms of the balance of power of the legislature. Yeah. Um, because it still is... It, it's it's right on the edge still about having a filler buster proof majority there. Now the other one, you're going to get a, um, somebody who's leaning left either way, but still obviously important to the candidates in the district who actually takes that. And then you go to the county, the county races, Mark, um, you know, 1,200 votes-ish for the county clerk race, 1,200 votes-ish for the uh, Lancaster uh, county assessor. And you, you you've got potentially ones where that you've got... Enough votes if they went enough in favor of a candidate that could flip it. And then same for county attorney. That's more. That's about 2,000 where Pat Condon has a lead over Adam Morfeld. Um, and then the question after you get to all these is, A, where is it going to be? And then B, is there is it going to be close enough? Like some of these legislative races, you could see it being four, five, six votes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. well, this one in Colorado right now with Lauren Boebert. Uh, and and whoever's challenging her, the Democrat is challenging her. It's incredible how close that thing is as they keep updating. And a lot of people are watching because Bobert is kind of a lightning rod. People very much like or don't like her. But it, it's crazy how close some of these are. And so you may go into a recount. So, uh, But it sounds like we should know today at least what November the counts 18th. are. November 18th is when they have to have it done. They'll be doing provisional ballots into next week is what my understanding. Is it? So... Okay, so because it, it had said, like, I know the the um, the article by uh, Margaret Rice, Wait, so do we have Margaret Ricevill said uh, on on Thursday they expected to have uh, they expected to have the remaining. Er- I guess that was the early ballots. Yeah. Okay, I got it. So that'll give you an idea. So we'll probably have an update with the early ballots. That's thirty five hundred of the seventy two fifty of them. Right. And you'll get a good idea then on those county races. I think if they're still in question or not after that. Yeah, whether the gap is widened or narrowed. or I think it's interesting if the early ballots break for Democrats, which they tend to do, you've got you've got the Democrats ahead in two of those county races. you got the Republican ahead in another one. So could that 
you know, could that be enough to make things interesting in the county attorney race? Um, we'll see. We will see. All right, moving on. What else do we have going on today? Number four. But the counting of latent provisional ballots could change the outcome of some legislative races, as you mentioned, which could affect the balance of power or the uh, veto-proof uh, unicameral. Right. But a ro- abortion rights advocates say no matter what, uh, they're ready to fight. So it sounds like, Mark, we already have an idea of one of the ballot initiatives uh, that is going to be attempted here on this. Um, It's a group called Save IVF Nebraska, and they've revealed this ballot initiative that would would impact, um, impact, of course, abortion policy, and and they say would keep uh, keep this legal, keep abortion legal here. In, in Nebraska. So um, I haven't seen the ballot initiative yet, um, but evidently this is going to be something. Now, I'm not sure because there's no the next there's no statewide vote, Mark, unless I'm mistaken, for another two years, right? Right. So and, and, and unless you're yeah, the, the, so that doesn't happen until next statewide vote is 2024 when presidential race would be up, when the legislature would up, be up, would, would be all of those things as well. But you wondered if this would eventually happen, uh, if it would get on the ballot one way or the other. Um, and I, I wondered the other way if it might get on the ballot, too, if the legislature doesn't doesn't act on this. You know, they're at some something of a deadlock like they were last year on this. If there would be something that there would be a ballot initiative that would deem it illegal. What happens if you get both of those? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how does that work exactly? If you have this ballot initiatives in different directions that are both get enough signatures to go on the ballot. Well, you'd have That's both, both of them there. I mean, that would be more definitive. Yeah. Or so, more confusing. So we will see. So, and I mean, you may you may match that up with um, you know another marijuana uh, ballot initiative, perhaps recreational marijuana. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about this yet on the show. But do we see Missouri legalized yep. marijuana? It, it did. Now, South Dakota and North Dakota both said no in their votes, but Missouri said yes. To recreational. To, to recreational. Yes. Uh, South Dakota and North Dakota said no to uh, recreational, but Missouri said yes. So. Well, it was kind of an un- understood uh, underground understanding that uh, marijuana in Missouri was probably the most lucrative cash crop there was. Yeah, perhaps. And so this is a, obviously a point. This is a state that takes you, uh, I don't know, from where we're at right now, we'd get to Missouri in an hour, couldn't we? Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Just what, ten miles south of uh, get there a lot faster than Colorado, Nebraska City. A lot faster than Colorado. All right, moving on. Number three, Ben Sass, one final approval. He'll be the thirteenth president of the University of Florida Gainesville in February, uh, confirmed by a, a voice vote of the Board of Governors yesterday. He'll uh, step away from the Senate. Most of the general star says uh, January is when he's going to resign. Uh, then that starts the process of uh, appointing his replacement, and uh, he'll be off to his wonder what they'll do with job. that. I wonder who. Boy, let's let's break down some of the names, Mark. Who do you think it could be? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so he, yeah, so he's finishing out the session, going to retire and uh, resign in January, and then the next governor, who's going to be Jim Pillen, will name his so, replacement. So will we refer to? Uh, 
him as Governor Ricketts or Senator Ricketts. I suppose while he's Senator, I would say Senator. Yeah. So I don't know. Ask Bob Carey what he should do. He would know. Um, Senator Governor. By the way, SAS making a million bucks. I checked it out. Nebraska's president. Oh, 920. I forgot the exact number now. In the 920,000 range. I think Just the campus is a little bigger there, isn't it? Just a little, apparently eighty thousand dollars bigger. <laughs> <laughs> no, and approximately that, that, eighty thousand dollars. That's uh, that's just the salary. I'm sure there are perks that go along with it too. Gainesville Country Club, you think? Oh, I would imagine. Little little uh, little suite at the Swamp for Florida game air condition. That's important in Florida because you want that uh, get those Gainesville games. You want the air conditioned suite for those games. You don't want to sit out. With, you don't want to sit out with the plebes in the humanity, uh, humidity, humanity, and humidity. Yeah, both of those are accurate. Um, and, and then the you know the rainstorm that passes through every day. You well, don't want to be out there. For and that. remember, Florida doesn't have a state income tax, so. Oh well, that makes a uh, yeah. That probably makes about a six percent uh, difference. So pretty big. Of course, that wouldn't be a problem if we had the fair tax. Yeah. Well, he's getting a big raise from the Senate. Big raise from the Senate, right? What's the Senate salary? I can't remember what the number is, but it's uh, what? it's in the it's less than five hundred thousand dollars. I think it's like two hundred and two, yeah. two hundred and four thousand. Yeah. But now he's been in there uh, a term and a third. So does he get his uh, a pension in the Senate? That's a good question. I don't. I don't know how that works exactly, but Florida will probably take care of him if he doesn't. <laughs> one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars. Oh, one seventy-four. Forget that. Guess I'm not running for Senate. Well, it's better than unicameral wages <laughs> compared to the one hundred seventy-four dollars that they get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Number two. Well, the uh, cold front uh, made its presence known here in Lincoln about. Uh, it came through right about 6 o'clock, if I remember right. Wind switched. It was 68 when I came to work at uh, 4.15. It was 66 when we started the show. Yeah, and now it's down in the low fi- 40. 41. 41. This has got to be, the that has got to be the largest drop in temperature we've had from the 6 o'clock hour to the morning drive ever on this show. I can't imagine. Uh, you saw that, uh, Caleb, you have that uh, chart that Rusty Dawkins tweeted out. That was crazy. Yeah. He did a visual of exactly what has happened. What time did it start going down, according to the chart? That would have been shortly after 6. Okay. So looking on there, 6.10, 6.15, um, it really starts to then just haul off. Well, it, there was, it, it is almost vertical. There was a, a 20 degree difference at one point between the airport and Cheney from, from <laughs> Northwest. And the last time I checked about 10 minutes ago, it was still 68 in Nebraska City. At one point, there was a 20, 20 degree difference on either side of 70th Street. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, Remarkable. Guys, and I'm going to tell you what. It's here to stay for quite some time. Well, it's appropriate. It's uh, actually Winter Weather Awareness Day and okay, prepar- Preparedness well, Day. I don't see snow in the forecast. Mother Nature said, what's up? But the temperatures I see, highs, these are 33, 34, 43, 38, 38, 36, 35, 27, 33. And then I saw the uh, 8 to 14 day outlook into Thanksgiving below normal. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. High of 33 right now for the Nebraska-Wisconsin game on the 19th. Oh, yeah. Nebraska's last home game. Finally going to put Rusty Dawkins to work with a draft index. Oh, jeez. Finally. 
you know, it's nice to talk about those low uh, temperature highs, but uh, just look at a few lows. I mean, 14 yeah. uh, tomorrow night. That's a good call. Yeah, 14. I see a 13 next week. I see a 16 next week. So, yeah, very, uh, if there are any, any allergens left, uh, hopefully they're going to die a very slow, painful death here overnight in the next few nights. All right, moving on. Number one. Casey Thompson still not ruled out for Saturday's game against Michigan, but they're not committing to a starter if he's not able to go. So, best guess? I I, I mean, I don't... <laughs> for some reason, everybody who knows anything about the team doesn't really think Casey Thompson is going to play. He's not. That's not what they're saying, though. They're saying he's still day-to-day. Okay. You also have the head coach and the offensive coordinator saying different things. Well, so it, it, I, you're probably right because you're saying the same thing a whole lot of people are saying. And you could see why for, I guess, some level of gamesmanship that you would make Michigan still have some level of doubt that they might see the starting quarterback. Um, but I don't know. Assuming it's not him, you think Purdy or Smothers takes the first snap? Purdy takes the first snap. You think so? Yeah. They they seem to they seem really That's hard to in, believe. They seem really in love with the argument that Purdy is the better passer and Smothers is just the better runner when you compare the two. But that hasn't borne itself out in the At actual all. gameplay. At all. So that's, it makes me so That's why curious. fans are are like, what is going on? So practices, and I think Mickey Joseph said this after the game on Saturday, Chubba's looked really good in practice and they need to see more from Smothers in practice. But if you have actual game results to point to, to me that says it should be Logan Smothers. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely, in my opinion, should be Logan. Because here's another thing. What do you need to do with this game, right? I mean, if you want to, you got to lengthen this game. You got to do what everyone tries to do against Nebraska, it seems like, which is lengthen this game, long drives, keep your offense on the field, even if it means playing the field position game. And you're going to need to figure out any way you can to to run the ball up against a great run defense. Here's what, here's so what having I would a, do. Having another option with a quarterback that is, and I, I Chubba can run it too, but Smothers is, is the better runner of the team. Here's what I would do. You have had, one, Whipple calls games a lot better when he's, in, when he's into his scripted portion of the game. That's the, the start of each half. He's very good there. The rest of the game, eh, so-so. You can kind of so, get away from it. So you're saying so, start Chubba for two drives? Yes. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Because, one, that's going to help out a guy where his eyes don't get too big at the big house. Yeah. You're going to get him into some scripted plays. He knows what he's doing. Play after play after play to start the game. He's gone through it over the course of the week. He does well. As soon as things go sideways, that might be the third drive. It might be the fourth. It might be after the first. I don't know. You go to Logan Smothers. Because the moment's not too big for him. Well, uh, first of, we'll get into this more tomorrow, but... Logan started against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Logan came in against for Adrian Martinez against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. When he hurt his jaw. And he didn't stay in a whole long time, but he came went into a hostile crowd. He actually led a decent drive in, in that one as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the... Uh, and I guess Smothers... Or, excuse me, I guess Chubb has similar experience at Florida State, but, you know, I I don't get it. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't get why you wouldn't make that decision right now, and... And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and, and you try the other the other option. But. You just have to have a quicker hook than you had this last week. Well, quicker hook, I mean, yeah. By the way, the forecast for Ann Arbor Saturday is yeah. cloudy. I have 43, west winds 10 to 15.
All right, so Rusty will have some level of have to work, work to do. This week. He needs to earn the no money we pay him. <laughs> All right, it's 7.56. We're going to take a break. It's LNK Day with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you... Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, if you want to take a guess at how many points Nebraska holds the Michigan offense to for fantasy Huskers this week, put a pick in. You need to send us the keyword right now on the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. The text keyword is... Wolverines. Wolverines. W-O-L-V-E-R-I-N-E-S. Wolverines. Text that in. You might get a pick. Another uh, couple of chances tomorrow on the Friday Husker Tailgate Show at 6.35 and 8.10. All right. Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, join us right now with the Girl Lincoln team. Good morning, Robin. Dave, Good how are you? Good morning. How are you? I saw, Good Robin, uh, you might have you hit a train. Not hit a train, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> encountered a train, a train delay. Encountered a train. I, that was close, too close for comfort. Let me tell you. You, uh, you, you, I fortunately was the last person that made it through before the gates. Came oh, really? Down. Where was this at? Fortieth and Highway Two, right during rush hour. What are they? I haven't thinking? really seen one over there all the time. I'm there in the afternoon, and I never see them. But that's interesting. So they are still going through during that time of day. Huh. Well, at least they're not going through in the middle of the night and waking people up. You know, I don't know. That. I think I'd rather that than to unwake. <laughs> oh, you're going to get some people who live over there mad at you. Please wake people up rather than inconveniencing me. I need to get to work. <laughs> yeah, please wake people up instead of inconveniencing me. I'd like that. There you go. That's a good attitude. Uh, uh, a NIMBY thing. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's start uh, with it. You guys got a lot of news today. I'm excited. Let's jump into uh, to some of this. Uh, 2050 Cornhusker Highway. Robin, we've got an old restaurant that is out and has been out for a bit and a new one coming in. What is it? Nitro Burger. They made a valiant try during the pandemic, but that was a lot. So they've been gone for a little while and that they will be replaced. Um, Tacos, Aztecs, Authentic Mexican is planning to move into that building. 20th and Cornusker Highway. Okay. Uh, and by the way, let me just uh, once again say I'm bummed about Nitro Burger because uh, yeah. they were, I was, a, I, I was, I was a big fan of, of Nitro Burger, their food truck days and uh, moving in. And I assume Do they still have the that's food what, truck. That's what I was just, I was actually trying to Google that right now to see if that still existed. Um, and I'm, I'm not totally sure about that. So if somebody knows, let me, uh, let me know so I can get that out there because I really did enjoy, that enjoy was, that place. That was but, a fun little restaurant. But uh, uh, sounds like a good Mexican place coming in. Uh, t- yeah, uh, so that's at 2050 Cornhusker. And is that hap- it's still to happen? Or do I don't the think they're open one? yet. Um, okay. That just got leased recently. But um, there's a, there are several options there on both sides of Cornhusker Highway. And then, of course, you've got Amigos down at, you know, closer to 27th Street. There's there's some options there if you like there you go. Um, to try all You've got different. the whole spectrum of authenticity in Mexican food right there you actually do <laughs> yeah i think there's even is there a taco john's on at 27th and cornusker yes yeah so you can go east west Jeez. or north or north south and get my goodness you know 
All right, uh, let's move to the complete other side of town yeah. at uh, 28th and Yankee Hill Road. What do we have happening there? Well, this is something we've been talking about uh, for a while. Uh, Qdoba is open. Yes. And Ooh. I went through yesterday. I saw the lights. Yeah. Nice. So, so the nice thing is uh, drive through. They have a drive through. How do they work that at a place like Qdoba when there are so many ingredient questions? Is it all verbal or do they have any kind of a touchscreen or anything? Uh, mine was verbal. Verbal. It's all yeah. verbal. Okay. And That's what it- they just... Uh, they just do it. Get her done. I, I am still fascinated by the whole, uh, if you go to the Mr. Good Sense, I know on 84th Street, they've got a touchscreen right. uh, drive through. And they I also have a touchscreen on uh, their one at 27th and Randolph. Do they? Okay. I like that. And maybe that's the an interim solution, but I, I wonder if we will get to a place in society where it's considered rude to have not made your order on the app right. before you get in line. Yeah. And people behind you are going to be honking, didn't you put it this still on your app? It is so fascinating how much it varies between apps that are really good yeah. with restaurants, and usually those are the bigger national ones. And ones that are like, why am I even using this? this it's not benefit taking me it's, in circles. Well, it's it's not it's not even it's not even that as much as like this is giving me no benefit to it's I'm not not getting it faster. Clunky. It's not fast. Yeah, it's it it just doesn't it just is the app for the sake of having an app. Oh, wants me to download my debit card I, number again for the nineteenth right. time. Uh. And I'll say this again: the uh, you guys can tell me. I think you've told me about other ones that do it really well uh, on the text line, but. Ch- Chipotle's does it really well. Yeah, that's. I mean, to me, that's the the gold well, and, standard and, inconvenience. And they save your order. They uh, save your yes. orders, and they have an o- they have a line that is only there's no drive through. Right. There's just a line. That's that's the difference, and that really Taco Bell's one really of the works. best ones I've seen. I've heard that too. I don't have. Yeah, the, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't used that. I mean, you have to be able to eat the food, but it's it's a good, <laughs> it's a good price, and it's a great. I don't app. have a problem Robin, with that. You missed all the conversation before you got here. No males in this studio have a problem with eating food. Yeah, that's okay. true. We, I would. In that case, try the app. It's the best app I've seen. All right, uh, let's get some uh, corporate. Oh, hey, oh. we're not we're not done yet. Oh, Cause, sorry, because uh, America's best contacts and glasses also, also opened open. right next door to Qdoba in the Wilderness Hill Help Shopping me, Center. Uh, so is that part of the same shopping center that has Kohl's and stuff? Yes, or correct. is that Okay. Correct. Kohl's it's a and, little building out in front of Kohl's. It's out in, in front. And there used to be a Salsaritas in and half the building. And that's who Qdoba, that's Qdoba. occupied right. that on the other side is now America's Best. Got it. All right. Um, all right. Uh, let's get some uh, corporate news here. Robin, what do you have for us? Oh, I was on LinkedIn, and I have to say this is this is really sad. Um, as people have probably heard, Spreetail Company out at Innovation Campus um, doing layoffs, and these have been coming uh, over the last several weeks. And, I mean, every day they're laying people. <laughs> it's really it's hard to look at LinkedIn. In and see some of these people. It's been tough for them. Um, Spreetail helps fulfill online orders for manufacturers. So, of course, they were someone who really benefited a lot the last two years. But as some of our shopping um, habits return back to normal, I'm assuming this has made it and tough the for them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, they have cut a lot of people, and they're not saying how many. But what we do know, according to KETV Omaha, is that they didn't report that they were going to let more than 100 workers go 
to the Nebraska Department of Labor. You're supposed to give 60 days notice to the state if you're doing a mass layoff, and they did not do that. Okay. So we know that it's more than 100. And employees that work there, I don't know what to believe, but they say several hundred people are. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, goodness. you know, and at first the company told him this is going to happen. You know, if you choose to leave, you're going to get a better severance package. And <laughs> those who didn't choose got less of a severance package. So sure. it, it, the stories are very sad. I mean, I guess the good news is we have, what did I hear from the Chamber of Commerce the other day? 3,000 unemployed people in Lincoln and like 13 or 16,000 available jobs that need to be filled if i narrowed it down to the number of people <sighs> yeah that are on the unemplo- some, unemployment some point be like rules. only this dude is unemployed now <laughs> yeah yeah if you could get them all to even if you could come get on it. jimmy to get it going you <laughs> guys right a lot of a lot of jobs out there you're the only person playing video games in the entire city at and this dave point. dave is one of 14 men in the city not with a second job you believe it or not <laughs> you know and, and some and some of that three thousand might be people that don't really want to go back to work but a lot of them are yeah. Truly, people like Spreetail that are in between jobs and will find another job so even you know and it's still a it's still a an employee's market is what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. currently all right uh more corporate news dave we're talking about uh brian health here yeah uh big news uh brian health purchased the land and buildings formerly owned by allstate at 2920 south 84th and most people uh, would think of that as 84th and Van Dorn. This campus will be identified as Brian Firethorn Campus, and they're planning on it being a centralized facility to accommodate business and support functions, and it is anticipated to be about a three- to five-year process while they're moving people around. So you don't uh, go to the – you won't go you to won't the go doctor there. Okay, the yeah, first I thought there. this was just a private doctor's office for people who live in Firethorn, but it doesn't sound no. like no. that's what it is. No. <laughs> it's actually it's, – it's business support and administrative office. stuff. Office yeah. stuff. Yeah. Got yeah. it. But Billings a lot of, and, lot of office employees. That's a, yeah. that's, a big piece of, that's a big piece of real estate there. That's oh, yeah. huge. It's yeah. a, well, I believe it was reported that the sale was – Sixteen million, if I remember correctly. There was—is it two buildings? And mm-hmm. I mean, back when it was at its peak, there were hundreds of people that were working. Yeah. there a few years in ago. its heyday when Allstate was there. They did such a nice job of mowing the lawn there. Yeah, I used to watch them mow that lawn. Beautiful lines. Uh, all right. Nice lines. Beautiful lines. It was amazing. Isn't uh, it interesting how you find, if you've done that sort of work before, how you appreciate yeah. it? Oh, they did. Respect. It was, yeah. it was one of those big riding mowers that really had very clear li- I mean, it looked like a Major League Baseball outfield right. is what it looked like. Uh, all right. Uh, and then we got uh, more than an hour. We're going way back to the north again, back to 27th and Cornhusker. What do we have there? Well, uh, there is a building at a... T- uh, uh, 3240 North 23rd, which is kind of behind the Super Saver at 27th okay. and Cornhusker. When I say behind, we're talking to the west. And they're going to do an interior finish for a baseball academy. Oh, okay. You know, uh, it was a, f- a fairly small building permit, $10,000. But, uh, you know, we're seeing these uh, open up around town for both softball, baseball academies and some basketball things. Just 
uh, all sorts of youth sports and high yeah. school sports, but predominantly youth sports. Big demand for that baseball stuff during the winter. Yes. Um, yes. Let's keep it going. And, and um, you know, D-Bat has been a place that I've been a, a, right. a lot as a former baseball parent. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely a market for it there in this community. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, Robin, uh, let's finish up with uh, you uh, and some apartment news here. This is one um, that is using some tax incentives, um, and it's commonly called tax increment financing. And sometimes we hear about these projects and we look at the building or the neighborhood and they think, really, that was blighted? You know? Right. You know, this is one where there was no question. You, you looked at this building and looked at the area around it and are happy to see something happening. Um, 300 South 17th. So that would be like 17th and L, 17th and M Street area. Um, an apartment building there that had fallen into disrepair. The 22 units there... And this will be for people who are up to 60% of the area income, and they will be able to live there. So okay, um, I, I think a project that's truly needed. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's- We are nowhere near our ability yeah. to... to uh, Provide housing for low income. Let's see. What did we hear the other day? The percentage of people in Lincoln and poverty. It's somewhere. It's like 14 to 16 percent. But the housing part of it. Our fellow citizens are in literal poverty. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know what has happened to housing prices. Yep, absolutely. All right, now, since we've got a uh, uh, game here in the afternoon here on Saturday, no Saturday on Grow Lincoln, but uh, you you guys apparently, you can uh, rent you guys out to do uh, to do tricks for people? We've, or how's we've this got exactly? time to come and talk to you at lunch. If you're, if you're doing a networking thing and you just want to hear about some of the construction and development going on around Lincoln and ask us questions, well, that's my one of my yeah. favorite things to do. We'll talk for like three minutes and then we'll, we'll just open it up for questions it, and we we get good questions we always do it's it's interesting i remember the first time we did this i thought oh this this will probably last 30 mm-hmm. seconds you, you, we hands, can do it for 30 minutes hands yeah. going up people yeah. have questions you guys have a valuable well, commodity it, I, that's I'm why impre- i'm glad I'm, i got you on my show well i'm impressed with the <laughs> questions that we receive yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Very good. Uh, so good stuff. And uh, and if you do have questions, you can always uh, reach out to Robin and Dave at the Grow Lincoln accounts, Facebook and Twitter. They do a good job of getting back on those. And then we uh, sometimes throw them up here on either their show on Saturdays or my show here on Thursdays with them as well. If you're wondering about a building that's going up, what the heck it's going to be, or when's Lincoln ever going to get a cheesecake factory, you can ask them there. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, good to talk to you guys. Have a great weekend, and we will check in again next Thursday. All right. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. uh, 41 degrees in the capital city. It's dropped a million degrees since the show started. All right. We will uh, hit sports coming up next on KLIN. What are you thankful for this year? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Neurologist Malcolm Byron. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, it is time to talk to the voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp. Hear him on the call this weekend against Michigan. Kickoff time is uh, 2.30 Central Time. And uh, that'll be pregame at 10.30. And, uh, Greg, we looked at the forecast. I mean, it's going to sort of feel a little more like football weather than like the extremely nice days we've had for every game this year. So I guess there's that. 
Speaking of the forecast, I, I'm, I'm in southwest Lincoln. The skies have just opened up down here. Oh, really? It is pouring. Yeah, you can't be you can't be Lincoln. A 25 degree temperature drop over the course of an hour and a half, and then yeah. just pouring apparently in your part of town, yeah. and it's not here at all. So yeah, it, it, it'll get to it'll get to the broadcast house here soon. Yeah, it, it, it definitely it opened it, up. Kind of cool. But back to your question, yes, it's going to be Big Ten weather in Ann Arbor. Yes. They're talking about 40 degrees, cloudy, maybe even a little spitting rain or mixture of moisture. Uh, yeah, it'll be Big Ten weather for this one. Let's start with the quarterback position because that's what uh, everyone is talking about. I know they continue to say Casey Thompson is day-to-day. I I just hear from so many people who, um, who, who cover the program or are close to it that they don't expect him to play. And, you know, I wonder if it's just a little bit of, of gamesmanship. Um, so I guess uh, how, how, how good do you feel about uh, having an idea of who's going to uh, be behind the center to start the game on Saturday? Or do you think, or do you think it's really still up in the air? No, I mean, I think you just go back to what Mickey said Tuesday, where he just basically said, I don't think he's going to play. So I think Mickey yeah. was pretty much the, the cue on that for all of us. So it's back to, to Logan and Chuba. And does the order change this week? Do they go differently and maybe let Logan start and then have Chuba be the changeup? That, that's, that's the interesting thing to me. Uh, I, I think based on last week, you, you, you've got to think Logan would have the edge. Now the coaches, you know, obviously always evaluate practice sessions and who looks better in practice. And I'm told Chuba has the last couple of weeks been the better guy in practice. But when it's kind of come to games, it looks like it's been Logan that's been more effective. Yeah, that it's oh boy, it's that's that's tough on a fan base to understand if that's the case, you know, Greg, because it, you, seeing the games, it's not you just you know, and I man, the I I feel bad because it feels like we're just piling on Chubba the entire time, but there's have I has he has there been a throw that he's made that's been at kind of a high level of difficulty yet? I know they keep talking about he's the better passing quarterback. Have we seen that at? at all during the games that, that you've you've noticed so far? I thought he made a couple of good throws in the Oklahoma game. So you can oh. go back to that. I just don't really remember, you know, since he's come in for Casey against Illinois last week, no, I don't really yeah. remember a solid throw that he made. Like, well, that was a really good throw. Where I thought Logan made some really nice throws. Uh, the, the play that got overturned, the great catch by Marcus Washington, that was a good ball that Logan threw. And even the ball that kind of ended the game, was a pretty good pass down the seam to Trey Palmer, and Trey should have made the catch. Yeah. He would tell you that afterwards. So just based on what I've seen in games, and I think most fans would agree, it yeah. looks like Logan's the better guy. Now, I don't go to practices, not allowed in. They've really tightened that down the last couple months. Oh. And I'm told there that's where Chubb has been better. But some guys, and probably at Lincoln East during your playing days, you probably had some guys pretty good on on a Monday through Thursday, but on Friday nights they weren't as good. Yep, that's that was me. I was lighting it up in practice all week, and then they just for some reason didn't play me when it came to Friday. So you know, I I very much understand understand how that goes. Um, okay, so and, and then I guess the other question is like. Assuming it is Logan and Chuba, there's probably going to be some. The the question then is, whoever starts, like how how quick is the hook? When does the hook come along, and who makes the decision on who gets the hook? It's it's been interesting to kind of try and watch the messaging and and figure that out. What can you tell about that as you've been watching the games the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been some interesting exchanges on the sideline between Mickey and, and Mark Whipple, and it's really interesting. I know Mark's got the title of offensive coordinator, but Mickey's 
Mickey's the top dog. I mean, he's the interim head coach, and you think he would have final say in that. So I, I think that's kind of been a balance of power and a little bit of a battle within those the staff, and I think a lot of the media has picked up on that as well. But I mean, to me, ultimately, it should the buck should stop with Mickey. He's mm-hmm. kind of the the, the 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 name and face of the program right now. He should be making that call. Uh, so it, it's interesting, and I don't mind the fact that you're going to play both guys. I'm okay with that. I think that's when you're into the situation where it's your backups playing, you, you need to probably do that. I don't, I don't love that if you've got a true starter and Casey Thompson is that. I right. wouldn't want to do too much of that with Casey, but. In this situation, I don't mind at all that if both guys get a chance to play. Yeah, yeah, and and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It'll just be interesting to see how they they kind of time it out. And, and Greg, I I know neither of us has the answer to this question necessarily, but once again, that offense comes out with Chuba behind the 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 center for that first drive against Minnesota, and it it was first drive Nebraska again that we had seen previously this season, where it was like the running game was humming, the short passing game was humming, things were working. And then it becomes impossible to duplicate that later in the game. How does that happen exactly, as far as you can tell? Well, I think Nebraska, and this this is a real credit to Mark Whipple. He he knows how to really script a beginning of the game, and, and I think that's the it was the fifth time the Huskers had scored this year on their opening drive of the game. So he has that opening drive really laid out perfectly on how to attack a, an opponent. And I thought Sheba was very decisive in that opening drive. He knew, all right, I'm going to run here. I'm going to go. And if I need yep. to get the ball out quickly here, I do. But then that Shubba kind of went away. That was like the only time in the game that he looked like he was decisive. The rest of the time, he looked hesitant. But I think it's a credit to Mark Whipple that those opening drives have been such a thing to watch. And it was it was great to get ahead. I mean, we we said on on the, I've said with you the last two weeks against Illinois and Minnesota, the key was to get ahead. And in both games, Nebraska did it and did. gave themselves a chance. They just couldn't finish it off in the second half. It was it was that was so crazy when Nebraska's up seven zero has the ball in the red zone. People I was with, I was like, if they don't score a touchdown here, we're going to come back and say that was the missed opportunity that cost him the game. And I don't know if that's actually the case, but they only got a field goal there instead of going up fourteen to zero, and it, it and not completely capitalizing there every time they got a chance. It felt like that really really bit them in the end, and it did. And I don't know how would it would have ended, but yeah, you're, it's it's crazy. You're right. The exact thing you said and and I agreed with to get ahead at the beginning but then just not be able to 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 finish it off and and the defense for the most part is I mean would you still agree the defense is playing good enough for the most part to still win these games uh, including are. what happened yeah. against Minnesota Yeah they are and I'm glad you brought up that field goal drive cuz last night we had our football show last night cuz we don't have a Sports Nightly tonight because the men play Omaha yep. tonight. So we had Mike Cassano, who's then now the wide receivers coach. He got promoted when Mickey became the interim head coach. And we talked about the drops. There were three or four drops last yep. week yep. in that game. And on that field goal drive, Travis Vokalek had a real chance to make that catch in the end zone. And that would have put Nebraska up 14 to nothing in that game. And maybe that changes P.J. Fleck and what Minnesota wants to do to attack. And talked about the Palmer drop. Well, Logan's first drive of the game, it was third and short. He had a nice flip in the flat to Oliver Martin. He dropped it. So, I mean, the, the, there were some key drops in that game of the wide receivers that could have kept some drives alive. But back to the defense, yes, I, I think Bill Bush is doing a really good job. The defense has played well enough the last two weeks for Nebraska to win. Yeah. Uh, won't have Miles Farmer this week. Of course, people probably heard the news. Um, got got a, a, a DUI. And so uh, what what does that mean for uh, how the defense is impacted in this game without Miles Farmer? 
Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, it's a mistake. And, uh, hey, I, I love the way Coach Joseph handled that Tuesday. I mean, he just openly said, yeah, yeah, he made a mistake. But we, we love Miles, and he's going to learn from this. He knows he's messed up, and you can't do these type of things in life. He'll be punished by not playing against Michigan. Uh, so I, I love the way Nebraska dealt with that on Tuesday. But you're going to see Phelan Sanford play a little bit. The young man from Binkelman is going to get a chance to <laughs> yes. play some. And love, uh, love. Phelan's one of the most popular guys on the team. He plays so stinking hard and been good on special teams. And also Deshaun Singleton, the junior college transfer, into the program is going to get some more snaps at safety as well. But Nebraska's going to miss Miles. He's really played some good football. Coming off probably his best game as a Husker, had 14 tackles last week. Yeah. Isn't Phelan the one when they do, do the spring testing and stuff that's always at like the top of all the lists oh, yeah. and like doing yeah. the crazy shuttle run and that kind of stuff? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. he's just a terrific athlete and just a really good player. He's one of those guys you got to think, you know, before it's done, probably gets put on scholarship. He's been that good of a player. Okay, that's good. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this game. You know, what kind of is is this a game where it behooves Nebraska to to kind of do what it seems like teams try and do against Nebraska sometimes, which is sort of slow the game down. Uh, you know, even if you're not scoring points, get a few first downs if you've got to punt it, and that probably impacts your the way you play call you you call plays to be a whole lot more conservative with it. Do you think that's kind of the way Nebraska goes with? this a hundred percent yeah you've got to try to drain some clock and shorten the game and limit the number of times that michigan gets the football boys i've been studying them this week i'm so impressed with what they are they are really a well-rounded team and i mean they've ripped off 21 of their last 22 games in the big 10 i mean harbaugh's really settled in and i remember coming through the COVID year in 2020 they went i think i think they went four and five and you're like really questioning whether he's even going to get another season. And it, then it's just completely flipped for them. And he's got a very physical, dominant, along the line of scrimmage football team right now that's impressive to watch. And in my eyes, no doubt they're one of the best four teams in the country. So it's a huge challenge for Nebraska. So anything you can do, even just first downs and maybe take two more minutes off the clock with every first down that you get can certainly maybe let you hang around in the game. And I think Nebraska can also, Jack, Look back to Michigan's last game, that Saturday night game they played against Rutgers. Yeah. Where Rutgers had the lead at half, and Rutgers moved the foot, football some on them. And so I, I think Nebraska can try to do that and then hope to shock the world if you just kind of put some pressure on Michigan <laughs> hey, late. We are, uh, listen, I know it may not make any sense, but, but, uh, like universe wise, uh, Nebraska's due this kind of an upset and the fan base is due and, and you're due this kind of an upset. We are all due some shocking, unexpected joy on a Saturday afternoon. And, and that would be, that would be really nice. Um, uh, but I do wonder, Greg, you know, again, Two losses in a row that have been, well, three, frankly, that are all kind of somewhat gut-wrenching losses, you know, yep. and that felt so familiar to what we've, what this program has felt. It's frustrating to the fans. It's frustrating to the players. It's frustrating to the coaches. You still have this coaching search that's wide open and you're going into a game that you're a huge underdog in. Like, it's, it's hard. I was talking to you before it. Like, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to get fired up about this game as a fan. I do kind of wonder where the, the kind of the mental state of this team is right now. It's been a grind this year. Well, and that's exactly that. That's my concern is how much more fights left than these guys. And I, I've been impressed with the way they've continued to battle, even though their head coach has been dismissed. The defensive coordinator was let go. I mean, those are a lot of body blows this team has absorbed. And 
credit to Mickey to keep them getting up off the deck and fighting week after week. And it sure helped when they beat Indiana and Rutgers in those back-to-back games. Gave them some some fight. But And, and also, you know, Casey Thompson. I mean, they, they realize they are best quarterbacks not been playing. That, that certainly hurts our chances to win. But, yeah, I, that's my worry is Saturday. It's cold. It's going to be – you're playing a really good football team. If Michigan gets an early jump in the game, I just – I hope they can yeah. just hang on and get through it. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, it'll be interesting to see how they come out that Wisconsin and Iowa game then. Um, because if, if they lose to Michigan, they won't be bowl eligible. Those games feel a whole lot different if they still have the bowl yeah. eligibility thing in front of them. But on the other hand, there's still, you know, there's still names that this fan base, I think, would, st- I'll, I'll, I'll talk for myself. I would still, fe- I would feel some real joy if Nebraska beat either of both of those teams just because of who they are and, and the, what the history has been. It'll be interesting to see if they can reboot and hopefully do you think there's a chance they can get Casey back for Wisconsin maybe I do yeah okay. I do I think he's getting really close I just think it's still a an issue where he doesn't have total feeling back in his hand where he can grip the football and and spin it when it comes out of his hand but I think he's getting really really close yeah uh and then um I guess it's looking more and more like despite there you're kind of being some rumblings and it felt like how oh, there was a little bit of information out there last week from from national sources and and otherwise but man uh, this is is th- I cannot believe there aren't more rumors, more agents talking, more anything out there than we've got right now on this coaching search. Trev is either uh, Trev must be keeping this more buttoned down than almost any coaching search you ever see at this point. Pretty impressive, right? I, I mean, can't, I can't believe really it. Leaked. I can't it's, believe it's crazy. It. I got to think though that the funnel has come way down. I got to think it's down to the final couple of people that he's analyzing and looking at. We're almost in the middle part of November now where you, you got to feel like he's zeroed in on one or two people to kind of to, to hand the baton to here. And I would expect, you know, something either right after the Iowa game or in that first week in December, I think you got to jump into that because you got to get ready and cranked up with a new staff and, and get ready to attack the portal because sure. the portal is going to open up in early December and you better be ready to hit it and roll. And your own roster is probably going to take a hit because there will be attrition with a new with a new coaching staff coming in. Um, let's switch to basketball for a minute. As you mentioned, uh, Nebraska basketball tonight against Omaha. I'm going to be in the building tonight, uh, taking that one in. Uh, had a chance to uh, to to watch Nebraska's first game against Maine this year, which I guess you'd call an ugly game. Uh, you know, I don't I, I don't know a whole lot to make out of that. I, I I think I'm curious what you took away. I thought it was nice to see Casey become kind of a little bit more of what you expected him to be as a spark off the bench. And you saw even in those games last year when you know I was at that Western Illinois game last. year, year uh greg and nebraska couldn't rebound in that game against western illinois and so yeah it's against maine but they were rebounding against teams the type of teams they weren't rebounding against last year so that that's my optimistic view of that game what did you take away from it yeah i I was at pba on 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 monday night really enjoyed it i thought there was some real good things one i love the energy in the fight they dominated the backboards I yeah. love the tweak of the lineup by going Gary, putting Gary in the starting lineup and having Wilhelm come off the bench. And I thought Wilhelm played really well. And then it was like, we come out at halftime, Huskers up 12, and then Maine turns it into a horse contest and makes eight of their first 10 shots. And you're going, okay, here we go again. It's Western Illinois all over again. But this team goes, no. And you had Sam and Emmanuel just kind of step up and make plays and go, no, not tonight, guys. We're going to win this game. And you you blink and you look up, and the game went from a one-point game to, like, Huskers up 11 or 12. I, I thought there was some really good signs of that. 
They need to shoot it a little bit better from the outside, but I think they'll have games with that. But I, I thought there was, for an opener, and you look around college basketball, there were some interesting scores. Mm-hmm. You have an night, Oklahoma gets beat by Sam Houston, and TCU almost lost to Arkansas Pine Bluff. And, and Nebraska avoided that pit, that uh, pothole. And so I, I thought there were some things that they can certainly build uh, off of. Louisville lost to Bellarmine, I believe. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, that that's crazy. Yeah, I, I I don't think you can. I know you know. I know it doesn't solve everything, but if you can really turn around you, you, what happened on the boards last year, that goes I think further than people realize this season sure. for Nebraska. Um, and they look and they look different on the boards this year in the little bit that I've seen them. Um, you know, just having a six seven point guard helps that. I think um, you know Gary helps that. Having a few bigs and and I think it'll be a little while till they get Derek Walker back, but. That that could be a good harbinger for for maybe staying in some games they weren't in last year. Hopefully, and, so. and Maine was a bad matchup for Blaze. They didn't, Maine didn't have a big post, so Blaze yeah. really wasn't anybody for him to cover. So his minutes got cut down. You'll get more and more bigs coming down the road where Blaze got to play a lot more. He feels like experience is going to be really helpful in changing who he is throughout the year. Like I yeah. feel like he's going to be somebody who's going to look very different in February, March than he does now. No Probably. doubt. And Casey had a terrific game. I mean, he yes. really gave him a spark with some points off the bench and uh, gave him some fire, so that was good to see as well. Yeah, It'll be fun tonight. Some former uh, high school players that I uh, watched play yeah. here in, in Nebraska for Omaha, uh, they they gave Kansas you know, a decent game against Kansas, so it'll be a fun game tonight, which you can hear right here on KLIN. All right, Greg, great to talk to you. We will uh, check in next week as you get ready for Wisconsin. Enjoy the trip, all right? Sounds good, Jack. Thanks. There you go. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red at 854. We'll wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, uh, let's hear the fantasy Oscars picks. How many uh, points do they think Nebraska is going to allow Michigan to score? In our makeup pick, Catherine says 42 points. Brent says 38. Panhandle Steve, 52. Okay. The positivity is oozing out of people right now. Two more picks tomorrow. All right, we'll see what you do. Friday tailgate tomorrow. We'll see you then. It is 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.